to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. I don't have a lot tonight. I'm not going to take too much time. I do want to talk again about being prepared for things. I mean, all you have to do is look around right now. What a crazy time. I mean, with natural disasters literally everywhere, major fires, those are finally, hopefully, going to start going out because we're heading into a cooler, wetter season. Crazy hurricanes. Puerto Rico's virtually been wiped off the map. I don't know what's going to happen to that island. Um, No power, no communications, no water. That is really ugly down there. Earthquakes. Mexico City's getting hit hard. It has just been crazy. Those are just natural disasters. Look at all the protests going on that continue to escalate. We've been watching this for a long time now. It's escalating all the time. Look at the tensions in the world escalating. North Korea is a nuclear bomb waiting to go off right now. Any one of those things could disrupt lots of things in the United States. Life as we know it could change. Temporarily, who knows, maybe even longer. Isn't that enough to get you to at least say, look, I need to be a little more self-reliant and a little more prepared? I'm not talking about building a bunker and becoming a doomsday prepper. I'm just saying that you should have a plan in your truck. You should have a plan at home. You should work through this. You know, we've one of the things we've been doing a lot around here, if you listen to our health show, I'm not going to turn this segment into the health show, but if you listen to Destination Health, we talk about the types of food that you can carry in your truck that are healthy and nutritious, don't need refrigeration. We carry several of them in our store. The, our, our meat sticks um, are fantastic, super high quality, all grass-fed, grass-finished, fermented, They taste awesome. They don't need any refrigeration. They last forever. The nut butters that we sell, very nutrient and calorie dense. That's a good thing in in emergency or or food you want to carry in the truck because space is at a premium. You want nutrient and calorie dense foods. They provide lots of energy, lots of nutrition in a very small package. Our nut butters are probably the best example of that. Tiny little packets. You could carry hundreds of them in your truck. Hardly take up any space. Super convenient. Open them up. Eat them. We've also been talking quite a bit lately about home pressure canning, which I think is an awesome solution for eating healthy in the truck. Now you get to control the quality of the food you eat while you're on the road. You take a day while you're home, pressure can, you can pressure can enough in a day to last you months on the road. 
then every time you go out on the truck, you just grab what you want from that stash, stays in your truck, doesn't need refrigeration. So that was primarily about health and eating better on the road. But all of those things are excellent foods for preparation, for being prepared, because they have long shelf life, very nutritious, and you don't need um, refrigeration for any of those. Then the final one, it's kind of like that special treat that we like and and still maintaining um, a really good balance of fat, protein, and not too many carbs, but a little on the sweet side. That's our monkey brittle, and it's back in stock. Now, if you've listened to the show, you know when it's in stock, it doesn't last long. A couple days at most in the store. So if you're listening to this, you want to get there and get your monkey brittle on this order. We are working on being able to produce more of that, but that's not going to happen till early next year. Uh, so for now, you got to grab it while you can. All of those things you can find at the store, letstruck.com. But the real message here is think about what would happen if you were in one of these situations. And to look around now and say, oh, well, that's not going to happen to me. The odds have gone up dramatically between everything that's going on around the world, the weather, everything else. Why not? That would be the real question. Why not be better prepared? Why not have enough food to make it through a week or 10 days? A month would be really good. You know, we were quick to blame the government and FEMA and all these other organizations when they don't rush to our rescue and have all of these resources in place. Well, why not just do that for yourself? That's the problem. So many Americans have not taken responsibility for their own self-reliance that when these emergencies happen, Our resources as a country, as a government, are stretched to the limits because everybody needs help. It shouldn't be that way. The people who are able to help themselves should be helping themselves. It's not that difficult. It's not that expensive. You should should have a plan in the truck. You should have a plan at home. If you have any questions about any of that stuff, by all means, I'm willing to talk about it. Call me. I can answer your questions about that. And all the other things we talk about, and that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to get to the phone calls, see what it is you want to talk about. We're off to Texas. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to talk about the ELBs um, or Ds. Um, I put one in 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 January because I figured it was coming, but the way it's been lately here, it's like the weather changes every other day. I know. Um, I I get plenty of miles with this thing, you know. I, that's not a problem. Um, I get unless you know if I'm not doing any pickups or anything like that. I get six fifty, six seventy um, miles a day. Okay, you know most days. So that that that's not a, a problem. But I've 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 done this for forty years. I could probably count on one before this on one hand the number of times I've been late. And I've been late so many times now because of this thing, and um, and stress. I've 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 never been so stressed in my life. Right. Um, I've I've gotten to the point. I'm get I'm getting out of it at the end of the year because I I, ju- I just can't take. It. And then with the with the brokers and stuff here, they they set all these appointments now, and 
everybody's coming up with all these fines if you're late. I've had one load there where I didn't get paid for it because it was such a tight schedule. And, you know, I was like 18 minutes late and I had four drops and it was 18 minutes on the first drop. And then it was just downhill from there. I could I couldn't make it. Right. Yeah, there's no question this is going to change things. But my point, and and it's been my point from the start, is this isn't an ELD issue. Never has been. The only uh, exactly the only true ELD issue, and I don't even see how we would win that one. Is that you know this is too intrusive? We don't want more government regulation. I, I could fight that all day long. I don't think we're going to win on that one though. But any other argument we make always comes back to a true hours of service issue. The ELD is just another way of measuring what we've been, you know, restricted by, tracked. All these people that want to claim, well, it's unconstitutional. The ELD isn't. You might argue that the hours of service are because you're being tracked and you, you know, you give up your Fourth and Fifth Amendment, right? But we gave that up a long time ago. And that's not unusual. We all have given up rights for certain jobs. Just because you have a right to be in the country and be a citizen doesn't mean that somebody can't come along, make you an offer, but but ask you to give up those rights in order to accept that offer. But we choose that. There's a difference between being forced to give up your rights. And people will say, well, I am being forced. They're making me do this. No, you chose to be a truck driver. That's where the choice came. You chose to be a truck driver. You knew or should have known that part of that was you were giving up some of your Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights to be a truck driver. I, I don't have a problem with the track, and I agree with you on the hours of service. I don't have a problem with the track. Matter of fact, I, I'd rather have the tracking because I, I do communicate with them, but it's, it's like, you know, they see this as a way to, you know, we can get some of our money back. Yeah, um, that's that's the problem I have. Yeah, and we we and need I, to I fix. I don't know what to do about it. Well, we need to fix those hours of service. And I'll tell you, you know, the tide can change pretty quick on the shippers. We we haven't been in a huge demand crunch lately. Trucks have not been all that hard to come by. So that's when sometimes these shippers will start setting tougher appointments and fines. And the minute this turns around and they're screaming for trucks, that stuff will disappear. I mean, that always has, but we just go back and forth. We, we finally need to, to come up with a better hours of service. And I think that maybe the ELD mandate will be the thing that pushes us over the edge. I'm hoping for it anyway. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to get right back to some phone calls. We're off to Florida. Kevin, welcome to the program. Oh, let me try that one more time. Oh, Kevin, go ahead. You're there. Do you have me now? Yep, go ahead. Do you have me? Okay. Uh, I had a question regarding some tire wear issues. Um, I've got a little bit of wear that's coming off of the right uh, steer tire, right off the right edge, the outer edge. Um, what does that typically mean? <laughs> Uh, Well, we can't always tell where the tire wear is coming from just by knowing what part of the tire it's on. We have to look at a couple other things. We also have to look at is it very smooth wear or is it what we call feathered wear, meaning if you pull and push your hand across that wear pattern, not, not running with the pattern but running across it, Can you feel more drag in one direction? That would indicate feathering. And then we look at which direction it's feathering in. Then we look at what might be going on with the other tires. But, you know, a good alignment guy can do that and usually come up with the right answer. But then what we always do is we always measure. I mean, we we can look at the tire. The tire is going to tell us most of what we need, but we can also just measure the you know toe measure you know thrust angle all of those things and and i mean you know i used to think that alignment was voodoo i had no idea what the hell they were doing what they were measuring i you know once i've been through mike beckett's course and i've read his books it, it's pretty simple it's just it's just math and measuring yeah yeah well that's my whole thing i'm trying to educate myself in being a a better educated and better consumer That'll better serve my business. I just bought eight new drives. Um, this is an older truck. It's a 94 FLD, I mean, a uh, 94 Ford, um, 9,000 Aeromax, and it's got low, low miles on it. I just bought eight new Yokohama, I think they're 517s. Okay. Yeah, that's a good tire. And uh, I was, my tire guys uh, claimed that the rolling resistance on it was a 92. Uh, the five, low pro. The 517s uh, might be. That's a really good tire. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I hunted around, it, and he ended up giving me a what I thought was a pretty good price on it. The uh, Michelin were almost $100 more, and the rolling resistance was higher off the Michelin. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, it, was, it was a tough deal to beat. No, it sounds like you made a, a good choice on, on tire itself. And, and again, where I'll tell you, um, you know, in our store at Let'sTruck.com, we carry Mike Beckett's books. He has two books. They're super easy. They are like my tire and alignment Bible. They're right next to my desk. Um, I can go in and, and quickly look up that stuff. But I'll just sit down and skim through them once in a while. I learn something every time I pick them up. So if you're really looking to kind of do some self-education on this, that is by far the very best resource. Now, we're working with Mike to turn those books into online courses. Uh, but if you, you want to go get the books, they even with the course, I would still own the books. Is there a great reference piece that you can carry in the truck with you? Um, and they're nice to just have it there at your fingertips. Let's go to... Montana. Al, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for taking that call. 
I got a question. I've got a 2014 uh, T680 with an ISX and uh, just got out of uh, Pittsburgh Power on Friday. They replaced an ox transfer. I had to check into line. But I do get like a white powderish uh, stuff on my suspension. It's got a weed burner on the right on the right side, and I see some of that of that on the spring chamber and the spring itself axle. Yeah, I was. You know, I told, asked them about that. They were thinking it's probably because of the knock sensor. Anyways, I picked it up. I had to wash the next day, and so <laughs> and today I look and it's nice and white again. It's not like it's smoking white. You know, I don't physically see that going on, but I just bear. We'll throw it out there, and at the same time, any guys out there with a weed burner similar, if they can take a look. Maybe I'm thinking, unless it's just a normal characteristic of it, that's, I, that's another thing. Too. I think it is. I've gotten different I, answers about that. I, I think it is because, oh, okay. it, you know, if are you doing oil sampling at all? I, I just put it on. I haven't done it yet. I actually okay. just got a uh, oil sample kit from you. Earlier in the week, I ordered, but I haven't gotten home yet. So I, I do okay. have the sample with me. So when I get home, I'll send it off. You know, and if go from then, you know, I was going to call you. Yeah, that that'll be our final confirmation on this. I think that this is just the normal part of the regen process. That that when we take this soot that starts off kind of blackish gray, we burn it at super high temperatures. We tend to get more white residue out of it. I have a feeling that's all that's happening yeah, here. Okay. And just because you know, if we had overhead stacks it just blows away and doesn't accumulate on anything with a weed burner it's blowing right right there and it's able to to accumulate i I think that's all that's going on um but if there's something else coolant or water in the combustion chamber that's causing this we'll see that in an oil sample but i kind of doubt it oh okay okay yeah because i went down there and i told john about it and he did uh, like a block test or something and so you know, he was thinking maybe it might be a, something in the engine, you know, leaking. But no, he tested and they tested and everything's okay. Other than that, I mean, the truck's great. Uh, I've got the, I did the emission cleaning tune. I did the Dorothy and I've got the ECM tune. Oh, man, I, I love it, man. It's fantastic. Good. You know? Good. So um, going back on the uh, comment on the ELD, uh, I, I, I did tanker for a long time. And, you know, you, way back then, we had those. I forget those gizmos. Remember, it was like a little clock, and you open it up, and you put like a little yeah. disc paper disc in there, and it would it monitor was, your driving and speed and all that. It was called a tachograph. I forget what those units were. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yep. And when I, when I started, man, it was it was a pain in the butt. But <laughs> in time, I, I learned how to deal with it. And with with us back then, it was tanker, and man, we you know it, it's tankers twenty four seven, and and we used to save a saying back there. It's like. It, it was easier to get a bone marrow transplant than to get time off. <laughs> yeah. We were so busy. Right. That thing actually, actually, that thing, I got time off. You know, so I'm endorsing the the, the, the LD because, like you said, I think all these things are going to happen. A lot of guys are going to get out. Companies ain't ready. And, and so, therefore, uh, you know, we're going to get better revenue. Right now, as you're saying, this fourth quarter, I am getting decent rates. It's gone up. I mean, the fuel did go up because of uh, RV and all that bull crap. You know, they just... I have to find an excuse when we've got plenty of oil, but yeah. uh, I'm, I'm ready for that. I think I think it will improve. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, I'm not on it yet, but I, I will soon. Yeah, I, I think that um, the time to complain is just over. 
I, I, and again, when I say that, people say, oh, you're just for this or you're giving up. No, I'm not giving up. It should have been fought a long time ago. We have clear rules on how we do this stuff. And to think that it's going to change now, I think the odds are slim to none. I mean, I, I just don't see this delay going in. And honestly, at this point, if the delay goes in, I see that as a negative. It's, it's like we keep doing with so many issues in, in government that we don't want to deal with. The, the phrase, kick it down the road, kick the can further down the road, yeah, is becoming it's so, road. It's becoming so common. When are we going to stop doing that and just deal with the hard stuff? You know, let's just deal with it and get it over with. They're not going away. Anybody thinks that, it, it, let's say they just managed to pull off a Hail Mary on this and they get their two-year delay. If they think that they're going away because of that, they're crazy. And when I ask that group, and I ask them this for a specific reason, what was your final outcome? Why are we protesting? What is the final outcome that you want? And they said, we want it to go away. You know, we're going to fight for the two-year delay, but ultimately we want it to go away. I think that's a mistake. I don't think they're going away. I don't think there's any chance they're going away. So if they're not, let's just get it over with. Maybe we'll finally solve some of the problems of hours of service then. Yeah, absolutely. Like when they brought out that uh, goofy, you had to take a you know a five-hour Oh, yeah. It starts at 5 a.m. or something like that. Remember that? Yeah. Remember, that was the big boys who wanted that. Oh, they, they, sent, they, sent, they sent all those people to Washington to, you know, tell them, yeah, this is a good thing for us. And then, then they started crying. So I think something like you, you've been saying that maybe possibly we'll go address the real issue, which is the hours of service. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of hoping for, you know, something like that might happen to where this it's, it's good to screw up everybody, not just us little guys. You know, yeah, there, well. something funny. Uh, have you ever had coffee with paprika, chili sauce? Uh, no, that's a new one. <laughs> well, I always make my bulletproof coffee, and I got the wrong container. I usually put cinnamon in there and got the wrong oh, one. Oh, no. And I put the chili in. Boy, I had to talk about some hot coffee. And then another time, it was reversed. I was making my salad, and then instead of putting the paprika in there, I put cinnamon in there. <laughs> well, there you go. That's... Uh... That's a new taste sensation. Stick around. We've got more coming right after this break. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. We're off to Florida. Adam, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. So, talk about a whirlwind of fun and excitement. Uh, I'll start with the one thing that's too exciting. So, we decided to, you know, we, we dropped my old account, and we started, we, I went and bought the, the older truck and the flatbed, and uh, we decided to add somebody onto our company, lease them on, and um, pay for their trailer. A- anyways, as soon as, the minute we did that, and my driver in California decided to back into a truck, we get a, a insurance audit. Oh. Just, just in time. That, what crazy and, timing. Uh, so, say that one more time. I said, what crazy timing. Oh, my God. It, it couldn't be worse. So, um, we're getting, well, you know, we have, you know, the wife, she has... She has everything in order for the most part down to the, you know, to the letter. But you got to remember, I'm the idiot driver who probably doesn't. I I couldn't tell you if I'm two or three years behind on logbooks. Couldn't tell you. (laughs) So I got work to do, and uh, I had to go drop. So we picked up the truck and trailer up in Albuquerque, bought it on Tuesday, or got the truck and the keys and picked up, uh, flew out there. Picked up a load going down to Miami, and so basically with the cost of the truck and trailer, after the finance cost of just financing it, it's going to be like twenty five grand, 26 and my uh, I picked up a load the next day for four grand. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, that was a big, so, that's a big move for you. I mean, you had. A, oh, it's huge. They, yeah, that was that was a big thing. I mean, you had a, a really nice setup that you know took you a while to build, but you did it, and it was working great. And it was really profitable. Um, that's always hard, hard to leave in a, a, any situation. But I understand why you did. You looked at it with the new hours of service and the changes, and. You know, it just wasn't going to work. So, congratulations. That's this is this is why. And I, you know, I've been hammering this kind of stuff for about a year now. And some people are saying, "Oh, come on, move on." It, it's not time to move on. That we're just starting to see these changes. So, you know, the fact that you're paying attention, you're reacting ahead of time. That's what smart businesses do. The only. The only thing that, um, you know, I had the mechanic over, I can't, I can't take the 96 out yet. I got some things, I got to get it titled, I got to get all the IRP and stuff and 2290 done on it, but I've got some, you know, it was sitting for a little while. The engine is immaculate, there's nothing wrong with the engine at all, it's got like 650000 on a rebuild, and, uh, but there's other things that, you know, lights and, and whatnot, but the one thing that I didn't... You, you know you're in trouble when you buy a truck and the guy goes, oh, you got to check this out. I got a great deal on tires. <laughs> you know you're doing You know you're doing bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, the, the tires are horrible, but they are what they are. The only issue I have with it is, um, no issue, is it's uh, 10-speed with a 391s. It, uh, uh, it was specced out. It was specced out by Swift. Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, though, the uh, the 
going way, way, way back to the early 90s when I first, first learned how important fuel economy was. The way I learned was because I bought an ex-Swift truck. It only had, it was kind of a crazy thing. There was a time back then Swift started a division in the Southwest pulling doubles. So they spec'd a bunch of right. these single axle sleepers. They were Volvo sleepers with 11 liter Detroits in them. Same kind of gearing. They were re- restricted to 57 miles an hour, and I got such good fuel economy out of that truck. It was what made me start paying attention to fuel economy. So as long as you're willing to drive slow, those are good specs. Not going to go very fast in that truck, but certainly going to get good fuel economy with it. Let's, um, let's get back to some phone calls. Let's go to... David in Colorado, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Talking about fuel economy, I know you used to have employee drivers, and I have a small fleet. And I'd like to know what your formula was for incentivizing employee drivers to drive slow. And it's it's going to be an even bigger issue now for me because we're going on ELDs and we're practicing with them. Right. But uh, because we run regional over the road um, and we're always fighting with shippers and receivers for delaying the truck, loading and unloading, it's a flatbed operation, or we got job site issues, they take a while to unload with a crane. Um, hours of service, the drivers are always stressed out to get where they need to be within their 14 hours or whatnot. And what what formula did you use? Uh, I imagine you monetized some kind of an incentive for them. How do you I get did. them to drive slow? They all they I, don't want to go 75 miles an hour. You know, Sometimes they need to. Well, there's where you're going to run into the problem. Um, so if we could drop the ELD mandate, out of the equation, I can tell you exactly what I used to do. And it was pretty unique. I mean, I I came up with this after I looked at all kinds of fuel bonus programs in the industry. Almost none of them work. Uh, And I thought there's got to be a better way to do this. So I came up with something pretty unique for my drivers and it worked great. Now, I, I can't really help you on the ELD mandate. I mean, that is so individualized. How do you make up the time? How do you be more efficient? There's a thousand things we could talk about there. So we've just got to set that aside. I mean, otherwise you're going to say, look, I can't slow down because then we can't make our deliveries. I can't fix that. I mean, somehow you've got to figure out how you're going to, to figure out your speed that you want them to run, ideally. And I'll give you my range. My range was all the way down to 55, but I gave the drivers the choice. And here's how we did it. The problem with fuel bonus programs that only work off of the fuel mileage itself. So you you say to a driver, look, you're averaging 6.7 now. If you can maintain over 7.5, I'll give you a, a bonus. Well, the problem with that is if you have a charger cooler start leaking during that period, that's not the driver's fault. Mm. He can do everything right. You're still not going to get the right fuel economy. And I could go through a hundred things that could cause that truck to lose fuel economy that wouldn't be the driver's fault. 
That's why these things don't work. The other reason they didn't work is most carriers made you wait a full quarter to get your bonus. You know, we live Mm -hmm. in a a society of instant gratification. Nobody waits a quarter for anything these days. They want to know that what they did now put money in their pocket now, not a quarter from now, only to make it all the way through the quarter and find out because of some mechanical issue they didn't get their bonus. That's why they don't work. They're horrible. Mm -hmm. So here's what I did. We know, we know, we've proven it over and over and over. On average, every one mile per hour you slow a truck down, you will gain one-tenth of a mile per gallon. That's pretty hard science. So my trucks were governed at around 67. And the reason they were, people used to ask, why do you let your drivers go 67? You drive 57. Well, when we were at FedEx at the time, our contract, we only paid $1.25 a gallon for fuel. We didn't get a fuel surcharge. We got a guaranteed fuel price. So I worked out the math, and at $1.25 a gallon, it made sense to drive 67, especially for the driver. I couldn't give them a big enough bonus to make it worth slowing down. But when FedEx changed their contract and went to the standard fuel surcharge, now I've got money available. So now I said, look, your truck goes 67 right now. You decide how fast you want that truck to go. Your maximum speed, I'll let you pick it. You can leave it at 67, nothing changes. For every one mile per hour, you will agree to slow the truck down I will give you X, one penny, a penny and a half, whatever it was, and I based that on the fuel price. You know, the higher the fuel price went, the more of a bonus I could give them. So I had a scale that did that. And then they made the decision, I will govern my truck at 62, and we would take their truck, govern it at 62. And then and they got their bonus no matter what happened to the fuel economy. I took all of the risk on the fuel economy. All I asked them to do was pick the speed, and I'd give them a bonus. So let me, uh, let me get to the break. I'll come back and see if, um, see if that was enough, a good explanation or not, and uh, we'll do that right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothfuss.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to go right back to the phones. I was talking with David in Colorado. So, David, this works really well on a lot of levels. The driver gets an instant reward. I mean, the very first week he gets a paid. Oh, I put one more requirement on him. Um, I did require, in mm-hmm. order to get the bonus, I required that they entered their fuel tickets into our fuel mileage tracking program. Each driver had to do their individual fuel tickets. That was the only other thing I asked for them, so that I had good tracking on my fuel mileage and I didn't have to do it. So that was part of their bonus. They get immediate gratification because they get a bigger check right away. They have control, so they feel better about it. By the way, all three of my drivers did slow down. Every one of them chose a new slower speed, one of them all the way down to 58. Uh, but they felt in control. They got an immediate uh, reward. I took the risk on fuel economy because that's my responsibility to keep the trucks maintained properly. The only downside with what you just asked me is that if there ever is a time they need to go faster, they can't. I, I don't know how you fix that. Right. And because traffic is getting so bad up and down this I-25 corridor where we, where we run, up and down the front range and into, down to El Paso, up to Billings, and, you know, this, the, it, the traffic is so, it's so horrible getting out of town. By the time you get out of town and you can run, uh, sometimes they're going to need to, uh, to go a little faster. And maybe, like you say, they've got to get that freight there. Maybe the next day they could go slower. You know, um, the only good thing I do, yep. There, there might be a solution to this. I just don't know how much you're willing to complicate this. Um, you know, as I'm thinking through the possible solution, but it's going to start to get really complicated, is I'm, I, I, I bet somebody like Pittsburgh Power could come up with an electronic solution that we could, you know, turn that speed up or down kind of on the fly. We would have to track them and say, look, we'll make the exception. You're still going to get your bonus. We're going to let you up the speed on this trip. But tracking that kind of stuff could become a nightmare. With the new ELDs, I do kind of like the fact that I can go to my computer desktop at any time and see what my health my trucks are going at any given time and that's kind of a cool thing um so i could actually monitor a driver during a particular trip and say look you've got plenty of time to get down there you're not under stress today why don't you try to get you know why don't you go 63 and see how you like it and i can i can check and see if they're going 77 that, or 63 you may be able to work out something within your own system then but but you could still use the same big ideas that you don't try to tie their bonus to the real fuel economy too many variables out of their control those programs just don't mm-hmm. work But you could tie their their bonus directly to speed and speed only. If they're willing to slow down, you give them the bonus. If you're willing to let them on a particular trip drive a little faster and you can monitor that, you still can. So I think you may be on to something there. I think kind of a hybrid, a combination of the two may work very well in your situation. Let's go to Texas. Lance, welcome to the program. What's going on, Mr. Kevin? Thanks for listening. You're welcome. What's well, on your what mind I'm today? what I'm doing is, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm so excited. Um, I'm calling about, basically, I'm about to step out and start my own company. 
and I've been listening to you, and I know that you are a big fan of the 60 Series Detroit. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out what I need to have gear ratio-wise and transmission-wise to get six, between 6 and 7. Uh, six on and se- miles per gallon. Six and seven out of a Series sixty. What year truck are we talking about? Probably about a ninety nine or a two thousand model. You know, you can get six and a half out of every one of those with half your brain tied behind your back and your eyes closed. I mean, it, it's hard okay. not to get six and a half as long as the truck is aerodynamic. So we're talking about, you know, a, okay. a Volvo, a T600, something along those lines, some aerodynamics, and a Series 60 in, okay. the, in those years, you're going to get six and a half by default right, without worrying about anything. I, my favorite gear okay, ratio, my two favorite Sorry, gear yeah. ratios on there that you're going to find. I mean, for me, if I were building a truck to run over the road, I would put 279s in it. You're not going to find one like that. So what I would be looking for, depending on how fast you want to drive, if you are willing to drive between 55 and 60, I would have 390 gear ratio with a 13-speed. If you want to drive between 60 and 65, I would have 370s and a 13-speed. Okay. What about the horsepower? We're turning the horsepower up from the stock a little bit to like a 500 or a 550. Yeah, I, Does that, that help out at all? On that Series 60, Pittsburgh Power has the most awesome tune around. It'll give you over 500 horse to the wheels, not to the flywheel, to the wheels. More like, okay. more yeah. like about 600 at the flywheel. Lots of torque and yeah. an awesome fuel economy. Their, their tune, I, I, you just can't get any better than their tune on that engine. Okay, that's what I was kind of wondering, because, I mean, you basically pitch, you pitch on that 60 Series big time, and I like it. Buddy of mine's got one, and he's running over the road with it, and he's getting seven running at 70. Yep. But I don't understand how he's getting it, that's the catch. Well, that's, it, it really is. So if he's, and this is what it tells us. I'm not surprised. I've seen those engines get seven miles to the gallon at 70 miles an hour. What that also tells us is that 60 miles an hour, that would be an eight-mile-per-gallon truck. Mile-per-gallon truck, yeah. Yep. Yep. That would definitely work. And basically, you know, I've been running these e-logs, and I'm a company driver right now for about two and a half years. And these guys sit here and whine about this stuff, saying that it's not basically it comes down to it. They're not going to have the time and do it. It comes down to planning. Exactly. If the broker's got your schedules for a certain time to be there, and it ain't going to work for you, you have to you have to communicate with that broker. It, it, that's basically, a, you know, you make a thousand-mile trip in a day and a half, you can do it if you just keep your left door shut and keep rolling. That, that's really what it's going to come down to. We're going to have to adjust. But but the I think also what can adjust and get better are the hours of service. We could write better rules. We'll finally be forced, I think, to address those issues. Let's go to Wisconsin. Tom, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? I'm um, looking at a Class A motorhome. Um, it's an old three. Now, I want to get uh, free emission 
is an 03 pre-emission, or does it depend on the engine that's in it? That It's going to be really borderline. There are a couple O3s where you might find some emission engines. It, it, if it were a cat, um, you might see what was called the bridge engine in O3. Most O3s should uh-huh. be pre-emission, though. Okay, this is a uh, 424, 425 Cummings. It's an ISL. That's the, I don't know if that, that's the 8.9 liter. Right, that's the smaller version. How big is this coach? 40 feet. Got a tag. Okay, uh, so it's pretty good size. Um, yeah, that's not a bad engine. It's not my favorite um, but I, I'd be okay with that one. Uh, again, not my favorite. It's a little on the small side, I think, for a coach that big. Um, it's got horsepower, but they're really, right. you know, to get that kind of horsepower out of that 8.9 liter, they're they're working it pretty hard. Um, if it were, yeah, you know, be, how many miles a year are you going to put on this thing? Oh, 20,000. Yeah, I don't think it's a big problem. You know, if this were a commercial vehicle we're trying to make money off of, I'd think twice about it. But it, in that situation, right. um, that's not a bad setup at all. Uh, there are certainly a lot worse engines that they put in motorhomes. So um, I think you'll be fine with that one. I'm looking at the clock, and it doesn't look like I've got... Uh, Enough time to do justice to any of the calls. So I'm going to have to wrap this up. We'll have to do it again. These uh, one-hour shows just fly by so fast during the week. But uh, we'll be back. We'll do it again. So check out the website. Um, If you're listening to this, there is a possibility there might be some monkey brittle in stock. It does go fast, but we got it into the store this week. So check that out. Make sure you check out the nut butters, the beef sticks, all of the other awesome, nutrient-dense truck food we've got in the store. It's Let'sTruck.com. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford.